it would be very hard to like get rid of us. <laughs> <laughs> We're easy. Like, but you know, like point, not, they just not, get on the right track. That is the beginning I mean, of a horror movie right there. I just mean, I just mean, no, 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 no. I just mean that there's like nothing that somebody could could do to sort of turn a two off from helping them. It's really difficult for me to see where I'm doing something in service of myself because I don't mm-hmm. see it. Like I really can't see that I'm being self-serving because mm-hmm. I, I'm not usually doing that intentionally. The big hormone enneagram. Hi, it's John here. I'm a sexual self-prize four five four five eight tri-type. Hi, David here. I'm a self-prize sexual nine with one. Nine seven four tri type. Hey, it's Emika. I'm an eight wing seven sexual type with the eight five four tri type. Hey, it's Nancy. I'm a self press social three wing four and three six nine tri type. There's John. He's the anti sweet. Anti sweet so here. Nah, he can be sweet. <laughs> I'm a little sweet. Little sweetie. Got that line of two. That's true. I got a little line of two. So in- <laughs> a little bit. What are we doing here? We're talking what? about twos. We're yeah, talking help. about twos. Do, do the twos need help for once? We would never we would never tell you if we needed help. We'd just um. be disappointed that you didn't know <laughs> Well, let's That's bring tough. it to you now. We don't know what you need. <laughs> Welcome to uh Big Hormone Enneagram. We're here to uh drag twos. With you mean us celebrate today. us. We celebrate. <laughs> sorry. Uh, we have oops, oops. two lovely twos. We have the returning champion, Laura. Oh, I'm a champ. Thanks. Champion. And uh, my friend, Alex Giroux. Uh, Giroux. Giroux, excuse me. And uh, if you all could just like say a little about yourselves and your type and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm Laura Schilling. I'm a social sexual two wing one, two seven eight. I'm Alex Giroux. I am a two-wing one, self-prez, sexual, social blind. So what we've been doing lately is we have been interviewing people of specific types and uh, getting into sort of the inner experience of what it's like to be those types and what the inner dynamics are. And I sort of feel like, like we started with nines, we did sixes, we did fours, fives, eights, and uh One of the things I like to talk about is how people generally perceive certain types in the Enneagram field at large, because I I feel like that the Enneagram field at large is very superficial, and there tends to be so many, like, honestly dumb biases (laughs) and perspectives. And so uh, one of the weird things about twos is that on one hand, twos can kind of be ignored, or like, like, you know, when you say, like, the helpful, loving giving type it's sort of like okay i probably know somebody like that um and at the same time there's also a kind of way that twos get dragged on because i think that i mean we've all probably experienced unhealthy twos but also i think that people are cynical about people who feel or are expressing like love and goodness like it's hard for people to imagine that it's not bullshit yeah exactly (laughs) totally bullshit and and you know when you when it comes to the two personality you get 
you get that kind of conflict of where is the line between what you call like authentic love and where is it about me and is there a difference and what's mm-hmm. the conflict there? So, you know, twos represent the, the warmth, the connectedness of the heart, their heart type. And so there's a big emphasis on um, being available to other people or being in support of what is like good or, or caring for other people. And they have different ways that each individual, too, uh, understands being giving and loving. And they, But what's often not understood about twos is that they're not all just take it all. T-, you know, they're not just all out there. Like twos have a lot about them that is, um, you know, gifts and personal qualities that are often underemphasized in a lot of descriptions about twos. You know, within the Enneagram of personality, there's a, a big a big piece of the puzzle for each type is what's called the passion, which is like passion meaning suffering. So the suffering for type two is called pride. And the way I understand pride, at least, is that, you know, twos, they feel unworthy of being loved. And there's a natural sensitivity to what is lovable or good or, you know, something, something worthwhile in other people. But they, ha- they have this amazing sensitivity to it in others, but they have a very difficult time seeing that in themselves. And so there's a way that they feel like they have to be, they have to earn it or be loving uh, to be loved. And so what happens is that pride shows up as this way that I kind of uh, overemphasize and have pride in my good intentions. And I feel like I have to um, kind of uh, push away my negative or selfish or self-serving intention. And when I'm not accepting myself, when I'm not in a healthy space as a two, um, it can kind of lead to a split in my personality where I'm so aware of my good intentions and my loving intentions, but I'm not always aware of where I'm managing my image or how I'm not really owning my needs and how I'm unconsciously using my lovingness and relationships and my talents to try to get them out from other people, get love from other people. So um, in this series of interviews with people, we've been trying to get at what's the heart of each type and what's the struggle and the experience and all, all four of us want to know more about the two of y'all and how you experience Tunis. My thing, I mean, I resonate a lot with what you're saying. And I still, every time pride is mentioned, I literally deep cringe. It makes me feel awful to be prideful. But I notice, I mean, through years of trying to be self-aware and trying to work on myself, because I know I don't work on myself that much, I base a lot of who I am on how I've helped other people grow. Like my main sense of self is growth and learning and forward momentum with people. And I always feel like if I can help someone else get their goals achieved, they'll be able to do the same to me or they'll have this like need to be like, hey, you really helped me. Like, thank you. (laughs) It sounds so lame to say out loud, but I feel like if I just keep giving in the specific way that people need or noticing nuance and how they could improve. And granted, for a quick sidetrack, sometimes that's me putting it on people. And I acknowledge that in hindsight, maybe they are fine where they are and they don't need my fucking help because they certainly didn't ask for it. But I feel like my intention is good. And I'm, I really struggle sometimes with people being able to receive my intention and know that my help is coming from a good place but also respecting me enough to say, hey, actually, fuck off. I don't need help with this instead of letting that boil under their skin. 
That's interesting. Like respecting you enough to t- to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really easy for me to jump all over them. <laughs> I think uh, in, in my experience of twos, at least, um, sometimes it's been difficult for me to know that. Like it, sometimes it can feel that their heart is so sensitive that if I set a boundary, it would hurt them, and it creates mm-hmm. this sort of uh, I don't know what the term would be, but like a, a situation where for the relationship to be better, you have to set a boundary. But if you set a boundary, it's going to crush them. And so you kind of just have to withdraw because you don't really know how to navigate. Oh, that's the saddest. <laughs> yeah. I feel like boundaries are, are a tempestuous thing because once you put up a boundary, I mean, my gut reaction is, ooh, there's something here. Let's dig into what this could be triggering for this person so I can figure them out more. Penetrate you know, the very, boundary, in other words. Yeah. <laughs> 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 kind of just get past it, yeah. But in a way, I feel like, and Alex, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like me respecting my friends or my connections is helping slightly surpass their boundaries so that they know that they're safe and that they're loved and that you're, they're supported. And that this person who I may or may not know to a varying degree has actually done something really good or special or unique or whatever. I think in a weird way, I've created boundaries for people as a way to sort of avoid having people set boundaries from me. Mm-hmm. So I don't often seek other people. And I think this has something to do with my social blindness. I don't have a lot of interest in the kind of, this sounds bad, and I don't think that you mean it this way, the, the meddling and and how, and sort of seeing what they could be they could do or they could achieve with their with your help or with my help or whatever i sort of wait and and try to have them come to me if possible that wasn't always the way i've talked to john so much about this and how annoyed i am that i'm a fucking two i fucking hate it oh, and I so feel I, you <laughs> so i think that in the sort of the way that i've embodied that and worked through it is paying attention to my my reasons for wanting to help and is it because I want a thank you is it because I want someone to return the favor eventually is it because I'm trying to manipulate them into something that I want or is it because I a, am being asked or I can help and I can quietly help um, hmm. which is really hard this is really interesting because it's it's like uh, two coming from the opposite ends of the social spectrum Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I've never imagined what uh, a social last two is like, and with Laura, what Laurie, what you're saying, it just comes across hyper involved with people. Like the assumption is that you are swimming in potential connections, and <laughs> how you could steer those connections to which is so of, nice. Yeah. I don't think that that's necessarily true. Like just to quickly, well, just the impression. I'm just, I'm just sort oh, of yeah. okay. telling you what it feels like to me that you are surrounded by people and you are helping this person grow and helping this person grow. And uh, Alexandra feels like um, she's in a corner somewhere, and every every now and then somebody drifts close to her who needs help, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, I'm here to help you if you need it." <laughs> So it's it's yeah. really interesting to see the the contrast there of uh, the different uh, instinctual strategies of two. One thing I mean, we've Alex and I have spoken at, at length is the sort of energetic contradiction between her stacking and her main type. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just what I experience with you, Alex, is that like you can have that self-pres sexual inaccessibility to you, 
And then there are certain times where that breaks down and you're very effusive or you're very emotional or something like that. But then it kind of like you can kind of put the uh, the boundary up again. It's a very interesting conflict of energies, the instinctual energy and the type two energy. And I'm sure David could say more about self-prosexual, but it's we as we've talked about, it's that like kind of uh, underground kind of energy. I'm just curious what that expresses as in terms of your drive, Alex. Like my drive in comparison is growth and learning. Would you, are you able to talk about what kind of motivates you? Um, what motivates me is uh, my personal safety. <laughs> um, uh, what motivates me is that for sure, keeping myself safe, uh, staying happy. But I do have a motivation that I do want to be of use to others. I do still have like a deep need to to be where I'm wanted and to mm. to, to have that sort of two-ness. Um, but with the social blind, I fucking hate everybody. I hate everybody. <laughs> I hate going to parties. I hate like going to shows. I hate meeting new people. But it's complicated because in the same moment, I would do anything for them if they asked me to. So oh, it sounds really tough. It's very contradicting. It's 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 weird because I've told John this that I feel like every time I meet somebody, three things happen: either they forget me immediately, they hate oh. me, or we become very good friends. And so, with my social blindness, I could give two fucks about that. But with my two-ness, I'm like, everybody should like me. And like, I'm a good person and I'm lovely. And this should be, this should be great. And we should all be friends, but it's just not sustainable. It's not, I can't fully embrace that kind of big two energy with the stacking Hmm. and stay sane. I feel like that big two energy, like I identify deeply with being a two, but I know that not everyone's going to like me. And definitely when I was younger, that was the shittiest thing ever. But (laughs) maybe it's just a maturity piece. But I know not everybody's going to like me. But damn, Mm -hmm. do I need to know why they don't like me? Yeah. (laughs) If there's like a, okay, I get it. I'm at peace with it. But if someone doesn't like me and I don't know, and I think that they like me, oh, it's the worst. Yeah, I could could agree with that. It would be nice to not give a shit. One of, one of the yeah. interesting things uh, is that, so Alex is uh, partners with uh, one of my oldest friends who is a social sexual for the five wing. And so, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so like, uh, you know, he's got this weird social charisma that freaked me out for a while. I thought he had a three wing for a while because it was just like, he can turn it on. And so, you know, he's this weird, likable four of the five. And then here's Alex, this sort of weirdo two with the one. <laughs> it's an inversion of each other. Totally. Yes. Yeah. 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 It reminds me like we had on our, we, the podcast episode that just uh, went live was the one we did with two social fives and just mm-hmm. hearing them talk about how they pursued relationships and connections in this really modular compartmentalized anti-social way and and sort of hearing alexandra talk about how she's a two but she's highly anti-social it's really interesting to see how certain some of the types that are really like two is really about connection and penetrating people into people's hearts and so when, without social you can i guess we can really see what is really two uh, because there's a lot of overlap with what people think um is the social drive 
and mm-hmm. and with the fives last week to see what is the social drive in the type that avoids and detaches right. away from people you know mm-hmm. i just feel like yeah, it'd I, be so tough for you alex like if if people don't <laughs> come into your corner where you want to help them how do you feel satiated like what's your you're just cool to chill there well it's so perplexing i'm trying to wrap my head around it well like john said my boyfriend is a nightmare so he (laughs) keeps me busy i feel like i'm constantly saving his life every two seconds so i'm sorry when you're done i don't mean to interrupt you i might have a if i can interrupt and explain what your life is like alex um please (laughs) even though we've never met um (laughs) of the universe could do that (laughs) (laughs) um so like with spsx i'm this is me just kind of putting the pieces together and i'm i'm friends with a since elementary school with an spsx two of the three and one of my long-term time friends was also sxsp two of three anyway um it's partly with spsx and two it's, I mean, you kind of said it earlier, it's like just getting the supplies of the invitations, right? Like if I've Mm -hmm. got a stack of invitations, that's me and my stuff is my invitations to the party, right? To the parties, right? All the, they want me, so that's enough. I got enough stuff, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of that SPSX, involvement in itself kind of curling into itself and and that kind of self prezzy combined with yeah. two those are those are the things that i want the self prezzy you know i want those mm-hmm. uh i want to be wanted and then that's enough and then i can just be in my corner and be wanted Peace yeah out. totally i think that um yeah i've sort of designed my life in a way that i you know study herbalism i'm certified in reiki I'm a performer. Like I, I have my little things that I can do to sort of exert that two-ness. And then I have it, I can access it in a way that keeps my social or anti-socialness also there. Um mm-hmm. and when good I, SPSX yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and when to answer your question, Laura, when I don't have like if I feel like I'm sort of stewing and I don't have a place to put it, I've learned to like try to put it back in myself which usually just means like watching fucking tiger king and then feeling more depressed <laughs> than i was but but like, right like just starting to try to figure out how to like replenish these sort of two waters that we're in when uh so one time like i usually go to bed around is like, this the cayenne pepper story John? oh yeah definitely <laughs> so i'm excited <laughs> I thought this was great. This is like, you know, like, like, at least for me, there are certain experiences that exemplify certain people, you know, that just stick out as like, like the experience that in some way defines your experience as somebody else and that are sort of surreal. And so uh, (laughs) normally I go to bed at like four or five in the morning, but I had to go to bed earlier for something. And I woke up at three something in the morning and uh, my friend Reed was, in the shower, uh, like, you know, in his underwear and stuff, but his leg was just, he was drunk as fuck and bleeding all over the place. And Alex was putting cayenne pepper in his wound. He'd like gotten drunkenly, like stepped through a mirror in his room somehow and like deeply cut his, his, uh, calf. And, uh, it was like so weird, but (laughs) but she was like, she was like stuffing all this, like 
shit into his wound and um you know it was like what you're speaking to earlier of like like it was it was exemplified like taking care of this person in this strange organic self-pressed sexual way yeah i had that night i had just taken my melatonin i was very excited to go to sleep and i got a text message from him that was like oh i I broke my mirror and i'm bleeding but i think i'll just (laughs) I think I'll be fine. I'll go to bed. And so I fucking <laughs> ran over there. He's got this massive cut on the side of his leg and cayenne pepper stops bleeding. And it's no antibacterial, antimicrobial. Mm. It's like very good for that. Of course, you know, you know your house, John, there's fucking nothing there. Yep. So cayenne pepper it is. And then we wrapped a maxi pad around it and then like a tourniquet with a sock. He fell asleep somehow. I don't know how, but in the morning he got he got seven stitches. And he wow. It feels to me like my mom's a self self pressed too, and it feels to me like um because regardless of what the second instinct is, like self press is still pretty you know in my own world and in my own shit. And it feels like self press twos they accumulate skills and abilities that other people recognize that could be helpful. And so my mom does reach out Mm -hmm. to other people but she is like a point of contact for people because she has certain skills so it feels like what you're describing is that people know that they can reach out to you because you you have the ability to help them with certain things that only you can do and it's sort of like this self-pres i know how to survive and i can help you survive or i can help take care of you you know to be in someone's rolodex you know so it's like (laughs) if something goes down like you're the one that they text or, you know, some people know that they they can call my mom for certain things because they know right. that she does that and she can help with certain. And so she's a point of contact. She's designed her life in a way that she is someone that people can reach out to for certain things that she can help them with. Yeah, that's totally the goal. If I could just like build that Rolodex around, that's my, that, that makes me feel good. My Rolodexes of broken people that I know I can always say, hey, how's it going? And it's going to be a little <laughs> bit of a train wreck. And I'll be like, it's cool. I'll help you. In, in, in some sense, both of those both of those are penetrating into people, though, right? Oh, totally. Right. I mean, even on the self-pres side, it's like medicine, right? It's people's mm-hmm. bodies, right? There's that qu- that quality of pressing through a membrane. And with Laura, it's more... I want to get in their mind. Mind, yeah. <laughs> yeah do, you, do you relate, Laura, like to that sense of, of that person that they, people can count on? Or is what, like when you said broken people, like what, what, like what does that mean and what yeah, role do you it, play for people? I find I often, like where I know people can utilize me and, it, and at this point in my life, it's not really serving me. So I do need to move past it. But I have people in my life that are like, one of my best friends lives in England and was a social shut-in. I think he still is on like social assistance that I met through Counter-Strike. And we just started talking and I can check in with him and be like, hey, are you trying to do school? No, you're on drugs again. Oh, cool. Like it's, I can just touch base and see where he is. And actually he's come a hell of a lot of a long way. And I know some of that is me just checking in and saying, hey, you said you weren't going to drink this week how's it going? How's your mom? Oh, she fell. Like it, it, you just, I can tap in and I know where to pick up. Yeah. I feel like, uh, one of the things about twos that can be gift and a curse for themselves and for other people is that they have enormous enduring energy for people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not just not, not necessarily like talking and hanging out, kind of you know, like you can still be a social blind too and whatever. But like 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 collecting lost causes and being the, like one lifeline for a bunch of lost causes. Do you know what I'm saying? It would be very hard to like get rid of us. <laughs> We're easy. Like, but you know, like point, not, just not, get on the right track. That is the beginning I mean, of a horror movie right there. I just mean, I just mean no, 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 no. I just mean that there's like nothing that somebody could could do to sort of turn a two off from helping them. Right. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. is what I and also, you know, we'll I never leave. That that is I mean, think that do you think is. so? I think yeah. that there is. That could be I a difference in social first and yeah. last too, right there. Yeah. And, and maybe my one wing is pretty strong, but if mm. so, if I've come to help someone and I've really made a concerted effort to get to know them and like really offer my help or, or even just give them a thought to stew of their own, like I don't have to really insert myself into their life, but if they come back or either don't understand what I'm saying or have an adverse reaction, I'm probably not going to do that again. And I'm, easily like okay they don't really need me what i could possibly offer them because i just gave them this really good shit they didn't care so (laughs) i'm not gonna tap my resources but i used to be so giving like when especially when i was in between relationships it was so easy for me to just not sleep i mean granted self-pres blind but i would if someone needed to talk to me i get this jolt of energy and i'm like oh i'm totally yours whatever you want to talk about even if it's nothing like, even if it's a total waste of time, I'm like, oh, they need me. So that's what life is. Like, it would trump everything. And it got to a point where it was too much. Like, my dad had talked to me a few times when I was at the end of high school to say, Laura, your friends are taking advantage of you. People mm-hmm. don't go this far. You need to stop. Like, I would be the DD all the time. Be like, don't worry, guys. I have my car. Yeah. Everyone's going to get home safe. He's like, well, you're paying for gas and you're not asking yeah. for money and you know, don't you yeah. have fun too? That is a weird thing. It's very hard to speak up when you feel like you're being taken advantage of, especially as a two. It's oh, something yeah. I struggle with all the time where I'm like, I don't want to sound like I'm doing this like tit for tat thing because I know that's also a thing, yep. but it's like, you're fully taking advantage of me and mm-hmm. now I'm pissed. So fuck you. But for me, I'm still like, if you, but if you need anything, let me know. Cause I'm here. <laughs> I, I can imagine, uh, for very young twos, it'd be very easy for a psychologically unhealthy parent to take advantage emotionally of a young mm-hmm. two kid, which mm-hmm. could like really damage the kid as they become an adult or yeah. make them amazing. I mean, I, that was definitely my upbringing. I've got, um, oh, you have a really um, weird, yeah. complex relationship with your parents, right? I do. Yeah. My, I was, so my mom has some pretty complex mental health issues that have definitely gotten worse and worse over time. Divorce happened in grade five ish, um, was predominantly raised by my dad. And I think my mom is a two, was a two, two with nine somewhere. And she, she definitely manipulated me when I was young, going through divorce, being the older sister to my younger brother oh, but Laura, like, you know, I really care. Like, you know that I mean well, and we're going to go to this place. And it to be the person who isn't going to speak back to her and also going to protect my brother and make sure everything's kosher with dad, I was definitely Mm. being manipulated. And thankfully, I could see it more later in life because my dad, I think he's one. I don't, I can't figure him out. He's too, too complex. But 
he <laughs> he stood up for me. He's like, look, you shouldn't have to be making these decisions. You need to see that it's unfair that your mom puts you in this position. And of course, now that I'm in my 30s and I've been my mom's primary caregiver for a while, I have a good sense of where I know it's too much, but it's really tough for me to, I mean, especially family, it's tough for me to say, okay, actually this is too much. And it's difficult to really, really insert myself because I'm so conscious now at this stage that my help has to be received in the right way or it's going to be a shit mess. Mm -hmm. Based on what you just said, it just made me think of some sort of image management, um, like twos or image types. And um, it seems really apparent with you, Laura, because you're a social type and you're talking about, you know, how are things going to be received? And you you were on that podcast where we were talking about social types versus social yeah, last. Yeah. Um, so I want to uh, get you guys' perspective on how your awareness of how people are viewing you and how you want to be viewed. And especially I want to get that perspective from Alexandra since she's a mm-hmm. social type. Like how does your sort of, you know, crafting your own self-image, how aware of that are you of how you want people to see you? For me, I I am aware that I'm being seen and I would like to have some, you know, agency in that. However, I, I listened to the, the social episode and I was you know, vi- like crazy texting John. It's like, how could people think that you have to frame everything you say? It's fucking bananas, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so while I see that it's important and like an image type like two, but the social blindness almost completely wipes it away. I I Jealous. can cannot will not put any effort into it because I've done to me I've done so much work on taking accountability as a two like building those boundaries figuring out when I'm helping to help versus when I'm helping to get something I've done all of this work about accountability and I'm not going to start doing more work for people in the social realm of framing and con- like context and all of this stuff so if I'm received poorly fuck it I don't care anyway <laughs> but it it seems like you you're you feel pretty comfortable with the idea that you've done enough or you have enough skills and abilities <laughs> that people do still see you to some degree like a good person. Yeah, that yeah, I like I I want to be seen by the people that I care about as a nice kind good person. Mm-hmm. You know, and if more people come into that fold, all the better. But I'm not I'm never actively trying to come across as a good person actively yeah. right, right i think yeah people yeah. get to discover that if if they're they're if they, they become intimately yeah. involved with you in some kind of way right if i can get them into the the witch's house and we yes. can you know, yeah <laughs> well uh you know i you know alex i hope you don't mind me saying and you can stop me or we can edit it out or whatever but i remember oh, shit yeah here we go um image I, management Image management, mm-hmm. but you know, like I remember. Now I'm calling we, we were, my lawyers immediately. <laughs> <laughs> we were both. I mean, we were both a little drunk, but um, <laughs> we were hanging out and um, we were talking. I, I said something about um, you know we we're talking about tunis, and, and so, I said something about um, you know that we all end up by virtue of existing hurting other people, and oh, yeah, that it's we awful. And that we can't help it. Like that's part of just existing is hurting other people. And it, you had just a huge, 
you know, emotional reaction to that. And to me, to me, that felt like, uh, you know, like as a cynical four, I'm like, yo, we're all going to hurt each other. But to me, that (laughs) Yeah, get a tattoo of it, baby. (laughs) 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 But I I really felt like that was like, you know, revealing your heart and the heart of the two of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as, as this exquisite uh, sort of sensitivity to other people that, it's like on some level that you're always aware of that kind of tragedy of existence and, and that there's this sort of hopefulness that, or, or, or striving to work in a way that, 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 that love overcomes sort of the tragedy of, of existing or life or something like that. And I don't know, it was just like a, it was just like a remarkable um, moment of, of you revealing or through your, through your expression or reaction, like, what was really going on inside you? I remember you telling me that. I remember it just fucking me up. And it's something that it's, it's kind of, I've tried to adopt the like, do no harm, take no no shit kind of approach to things, but pretty consistently in my life. And then, you know, I work at a restaurant sometimes. I, I have a lot of issue when I do get upset and I can see that like I've hurt somebody or someone doesn't like me or, you know, things like that. And I guess it goes into the, the image stuff. It, it does really, it does weigh on me. And, but then I also know I don't care that much. It's more about, I think it's more about the image. I don't know. I don't know if well, that makes I, sense. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right. So what I was just going to say about it is, is like, yeah, it could be images and stuff like that, but I also felt like it was something about the essential quality of the two. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know how much we've talked about essence and I know essence can be kind of like a new agey, every fairy term, but you know, at the core of each type is this sort of, you could say naive, we could say whatever, but it's this sort of essential feeling or, or quality of, of what feels real. And mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, with the two, it's like the, the name, at least I give it is love. And it's this, it's not like I love you as in as the subject loving another subject or object or whatever, but it's, it's that there's a there's a inherent sense of the connectedness of everything and and that I think that twos, however they're doing healthy or unhealthy, are connected to that sense or that promise of the possibility of being in touch with that kind of like web that underlies mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I feel you. I'm gonna just speak against that a little bit. Totally. Don't vibe with like if I hurt <laughs> someone, I think that's intentional. And I think that that's probably necessary if what I'm saying is is going to cut them in some way, they need to heal from it. Like, I don't see it as I've done them wrong. I see it as, Mm. well, good. This was obviously fucked. So let's cut it off and let's rebuild. it's in service of something, right? Uh, Usually, yeah. I mean, I'm not really engaging in things that I don't think are in service of anything. (laughs) I feel like that's my (laughs) default mode. But um, I just don't, I don't connect with pain being bad or hurt being bad. I I see it as being a necessary conduit for growth, mm. which again is back into two and progress and all the rest of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's a very positive outlook right there. <laughs> Plus yeah. having two assertive fixes, seven and eight. That's yeah. kind of yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some pain is bad for sure. <laughs> well, some pain is necessary. Like it, I think. If you, I know it's like the day is always darkest before the dawn, or you don't know pain, and so you know good, and all whatever. I don't want to be wanky, but you really do have to understand like sorrow and withdrawal and 
having not to really appreciate what you actually mm. do have and to just be able to sit with not having. Like that's a very mm. necessary skill in my But what about hurt and wounding that is inflicted unintentionally? You know, like like you're speaking of of pain that's in service of something, but like just, but no, even if it's pain that like you woke up and shit happened and it's painful, like something happened to your life. Like or, this or even now, you you inflicting pain because of your existence in some way, you know, like yeah, you inflicting the pain. Yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> I mean, I'm a shit. <laughs> like I will, especially if I'm in a situation where I think something is stagnant. And again, that's totally me putting that on someone else. So not really fair. But I will cause a painful situation to say hey have you grappled with this or like what do you but what, but what about when it's not intentional like that though what right. about yeah you're still then just i don't know about... i just reject it that's what we're getting at right. it's, there we go it doesn't <laughs> exist she doesn't see it that's that's the point yeah <laughs> I, I don't and that's where i really it's so shit being a two in this situation because i deeply rely on people to just let me know like i'm all for course correcting or at least explaining what my intention was. Um, I just think it's tough sometimes if people are super wounded and they come to me weeks later and I'm like, well, fuck, if you told me in the moment, we could have cleared this up and we could have saved your feelings. Or maybe I couldn't. Like maybe you're hurt and maybe we're not a good match and I'm going to be pissed about it. But at least I know. Like it's that knowledge piece that really is shit for me. What what I notice sometimes, at least the the experience, I'm not going to say this is all twos, but sometimes with, um, especially from my perspective of, okay, here's a an example of where a two, for example, like my mom has overstepped some boundary and, and done something that I don't think was right. And it's pointed out, then it becomes an issue of where she wants to explain to me what her intentions were and how it's that even this negative thing that happened isn't negative because the intention behind it was good and um and it's like i understand where she's coming from but it ends up feeling um people end up i i sometimes end up feeling that i'm being manipulated or the situation is being manipulated Mm -hmm. because the negativity is not allowed to be negative because the intentions were good it's like you don't realize that what it looks like is you're doing these things that aren't cool, but are you're able to justify them with dressing it in with or framing it with, um, you know, I have these really good intentions and these things that I'm doing are going to lead to a better thing. And but it's mm-hmm. it's not experienced that way by certain people. So there's my frustration sometimes with twos is it's just a refusal to let mm-hmm. negative things be negative because they're I'm always in service of a good, <laughs> you know, ending, which um, doesn't necessarily uh, align with any other person's views on the matter. So that's kind of. See, it's funny you mentioned that because I always chalk that up to me having seven with two, like my ability to sit with negativity. I fundamentally do not understand how to do that. And I, it's a really big disconnect between me and my partner because he will sit there being a sad piece of shit all day and I feel helpless and I feel awful and I can't identify with how he's feeling. And I know I just have to shut up and lay off and he's just going to be in his face. Like someone should teach me how to deal with that. Cause I have no idea. Like one thing that is helpful and thanks to you, John is breathing. Like if I 
breathe through it and I just try and sense myself and I tune into me, I know he's doing something similar on his end and he's just connecting with his thoughts and his feelings and he needs his space. But especially in a social context, like I'm useless. And I'm like, guys, I'm so sorry. That's (laughs) awful. And here's what I really meant. Next subject, like steer clear of that negative, Mm. awful thing. I don't want to get stuck there. Alexandra, do you you relate to that at all? Yeah, I, um, I think that everybody is manipulative in to some distance. And I, I actually don't think being manipulative is the worst thing in the world. Um, <laughs> I, well, I think people are manipulating each other all the time, like social dominant people, like framing where that's all manipulation. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's actually that it's not always bad um, or such a negative term. I think that twos, it's like easier for them to slide into, oh, but my intentions were good. And so like, I win, right? Like this is, it doesn't matter. Anyway, moving on. And I think with that, with that knowledge, I have become acutely aware of that. And I love to argue. I love arguing. Me it's one of my too. favorite things in the world. But I also have learned to like really love taking accountability now. There's like something so free. Like I can argue my way up and down, up and down, manipulate, like make gaslight people, do whatever, but it's so much more freeing to just take accountability and be like, I, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. I, that doesn't matter. Okay. What mm-hmm. else? I um, feel you. I've reached that point too. I feel like if I didn't meet Cameron and I would still be arguing until everybody hated me in the whole room. Like I yeah, argue passionately, but yeah. I learned from him. It's like, it's okay to say, you know what? Actually, I was totally talking shit. That was bullshit. Sorry. Like that's yeah. an empowering thing for the self. Even though sometimes well, I think I say that just just get out of the situation and not have people hate me, but <laughs> more manipulation. Think, yeah, yeah, it's an art, baby. <laughs> I think that there, yeah, there's there's something very hard about taking accountability, especially being a two, being the kind of image thing, and like trying to take care of everybody, and like having to admit that you've failed in some way. That's rough. But I mean, it's it's hard for everybody. You know, I think about it, you know, with my friends and stuff that people don't want to fucking say they're sorry. It's mm. nuts. I feel like if really. you say your story, and again, this is like getting into master manipulation mode, but if you say <laughs> your story, <laughs> then you've already taken them off the defense. But you're, you're like, but, okay, but, I lose, but... but... But you have to mean it. <laughs> and I do mean it. Like, apology. I actually am sorry that they're feeling negative, but... No. Let me explain my intention. Let me explain my no. intentions. <laughs> I'm just like your mom, Emma. I'm sorry. All of you are so just like my mom. Funny. I know. That's so funny. I, I just, sorry. yeah, I find that that's the the personality habit, and and so like arguing mm-hmm. with the two when it comes to like you did this negative thing is such it's such an it's so anti to everything that the two personality. Uh, season yeah. itself that I I am a source of love I am a source of goodness and right so I, everything that I'm trying to do is coming from that place and so to suggest that something that I did caused harm and wasn't good is like no way absolutely yeah, 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 no yeah. Argu- arguing with eights is nothing compared to two fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay, takes eights to lunch you know yeah when it comes yep. to just negativity that my actions caused negativity mm-hmm. i feel like that's probably the most difficult thing for a two to accept and just to own up and say you know, listen i think what i did here um wasn't good and i feel like yeah. that's probably feels like the most cringiest thing to even admit 
you know. Well, it's funny as you're like talking about this, I'm having like two different versions of myself where I'm like, but I don't do anything uh-huh. wrong. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> me too. I've, I'm only ever a good person. So, <laughs> yeah. but then I'm also thinking of all the times that I've been such an asshole. And then it's so funny. It's like such a little mind fuck to go through. So are you the same in me in that? I can, I really can be a piece of shit and I totally am aware <laughs> I can be super bitchy. I can be extremely controlling. I like, I'm have that self-awareness, but I think because I'm aware and because I can speak it out, my negativity and my, when I really fuck up, I'm like, yeah, I fucked up. You knew I was a bitch. Like, what did you <laughs> think you were dealing with? Wow. Next level. <laughs> I, I think that because my relationship is just so like, had I never met Reed, I think I would have continued to be a fucking psychotic monster and totally <laughs> fuck shit up and like and be super crazy because I was when I was like 20, 21, 22. I was such an asshole. But Reed is so stubborn and so intense in his own ways that I feel like as I thought Shout I was out to calming, my fours. Shout <laughs> out to fours. As I thought I was calming him down, I was actually consistently being put in check all the time. Mm-hmm. And in so, what ways? In what ways was he doing that? In what ways of just like, well, <laughs> um, let's see, let me, let me make this not sound like the worst relationship of all time. In I, ways please make it the worst like, relationship of all time, please. Yeah, we're open to it. Like, <laughs> um, in ways and like with my old behavior of like, oh, I do all this for you and you can't even do this. It's like, well, you shouldn't do things because you want someone to do something back bitch bye you know things (laughs) like that he's like very blunt very he's also very good at arguing we're very like cutthroat with each other but very honest with each other and so like being with him for seven years I've gotten all of this sort of feedback and like the nastier I thought he was it was actually sort of a reflection on what am I trying to do to him what am I trying to get out of him what is serving me and what is not and so he's essentially you know neutered me in that way. <laughs> I'm a fucking simp. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's very good. He's, it's just like a way that I've been able to, to, to check in and make sure that these sort of behaviors that are so innate to me can be worked on and grown. That's really from. commendable. That's cool. It's really difficult for me to see where I'm doing something in service of myself because I don't mm-hmm. see it. Like I really can't see that I'm being self-serving because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not usually doing that intentionally. And of course, like, right. of course my, not. like Cameron is the sweetest love. Like he's like angelically amazing. <laughs> he's not going to tell me when I'm fucking up. Let me say it so delicately later that I'm like, oh yeah, that whatever. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not in my face enough to say like, hey, actually that was yeah. really selfish. Or, you know, I don't yeah. actually need any of these things. Like nobody gives me that feedback. And I, I do yeah. really want that. I don't think that that would, hurt me i feel like i would take it and laura it you're my being selfish as fuck i don't think Stop. i am john <laughs> <laughs> and so it begins and so it begins do you do you think laura that you as a younger two would have taken that criticism well oh no okay no 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 all right that's i was, was the kid who was like hi i'm laura do you want to be my friend and if they Aww. said no i would just cry and oh, like whatever. <laughs> kindergarten. <laughs> whatever. <blows. laughs> but kindergarten. Blows. I feel like the people who can, who I've vibed with over time or that I've grown a connection with, it's been mostly 
me just maintaining a space that they came at me and me just digging into them and finding friendship. Mm. I feel like uh, twos, I mean, different types in their own different ways represent this, but they're, this is not like, I'm not trying to rag on twos by any means. It might sound like oh, a Oh, shut up, man. Whenever you preface that, different. you're about to yeah, rag on us. That's what he don't. says right before he rags on twos. Exactly. Car. <laughs> My mom's a two. So yeah. I'm getting out some old aggression. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, so like, like, I think that there is a quality that twos hold close to their heart that feels like it's too, like, almost too cheesy or too sincere. Mm-hmm. like or naive or something like that. Like there's this, this feeling that sometimes I get with twos in my life where it's, they kind of feel like they got to hold back because there's this perspective on life or reality that feels like it's unbearably naive in the face of how dark life actually is, or, you know, like how cynical people are, but, but on some level, they still want to be like, um, they can't give up on it and there's and, and to their credit and and then there's a there's a they, they offer kind of like a doorway for they keep something burning for the possibility of having a um aligned to a kind of uncommon quality of acceptance for other people that it's like i think they feel a little shy about and i feel like sometimes it gets lost or gets buried or it gets hidden under a lot of personality stuff and manipulation or whatever but underneath it all if you can really get to it like i know my mom when she gets drunk enough just gets like <laughs> extremely like like she'll kind of like i'm i'm in quarantine right now in atlanta where my my family is and she'll sometimes get like a little drunk and she'll like come to me and be like i'm just so happy we're all together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know and it's like yep. this weird Ugh. spill that my mom doesn't normally uh give or 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 come out with and um and so it's a, it's it's interesting because i kind of see this tension in a lot of twos where it's like mm-hmm. you know twos can be very uh sociable and know how to hang out with people and talk to people but on the other hand there's this this hidden part of themselves that feels like it's almost like naive or or they think it's naive or something but it feels like it's it's like totally right be- relate yeah okay yeah i can i can explain some of that, at least for how that is in myself. Please. I, I love people like people who I haven't, haven't met, like you guys on this chat, myself that wants to stay protected and not want to be rejected and all the rest of it doesn't say anything, but like, I love this connection. I would do so much for you. Like if you were to get me drunk, I would be the exact same way. I'd be like, I love this and look at, we're all together and look at this connection. And like, you give so much to my life. And like I seek some of my identity and how my connections are with other people. That's a huge piece of my life and who I am. And it's a really vulnerable thing to, to own up to. It, it kind of stays, it's totally in my core. It's like my bloodstream, but I can't show that freely because it's intense and it can mm-hmm. freak people out. And mm-hmm. it may not be, I mean, it may not be received well. I say that way too often, but it's there and it flavors powers my machine but I don't really want people to see it because it's a lot I think that there is I constantly get in trouble with people for this like undercurrent of hope or like it's not so bad Mm -hmm. or like if we all Mm -hmm. just understand each other's (laughs) points then there's a meeting ground or like yeah this is really this whole situation is fucked you know Reed is so dark everything is dark Uh, dark Dark. okay I get it and I'm like don't say that don't say that they're nice you know whatever it's like I'm constantly have no matter what anyone says 
will have this like little door of hope of just like Mm -hmm. good hope because if it's not there then everything is as shitty as you fours and whatever like to say it is Mm -hmm. you fucking win like yeah 100 percent. i 100 percent agree with that but it's very hard for me to believe that i'm loved or cared for or uh, it blows my mind that people have ever talked about me when i'm not there like I, I believe that I cease to exist as soon as I step away from them. Uh, like that, that gets into that some of that rejection type stuff. Before, yeah, I would uh, definitely want to talk I about just rejection. Show myself? <laughs> well, so all right. So first thing I wanted to say to all the twos that might be listening to this is that with the twos in my life, I'm not a very effusive person, but sometimes I want to take. Uh, love and put it as like a, a baseball and then shove it down their fucking throats as they fucking get oh, it God. because it's them exhausted by whatever <laughs> you know it's like just fucking take it it's just it wouldn't work john i know no. no i know they just vomit it up or whatever heavy gag reflex yeah, be like, wait why don't you like me <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah so so typed so what we've done a series where we did five and then uh soon to be released eight and then two and five, eight, and two are what are called rejection types. And these are um, rejection, attachment, and frustration are the three dominant affects, emotional sort of dynamics that underlie what is called object relations theory. And object relations is the idea that uh, the personality forms as a, as a subject, meaning the individual, you, whoever, in, in relation to an object, usually mom or dad, and that there is a predominant affect that gets established very early in life between the subject and the object. And so rejection, attachment, frustration. So eight, five, and two rejection types. And what that means is that uh, you pick up on that you or your needs are somehow rejected. And that in place of being able to be yourself and your needy self, uh, that you have to offer something to other people. And so mm-hmm. five does that through the lens of the mental center, meaning they end up feeling like, well, I'm, I'm not really wanted for being me, so I got to offer my mental energy. Eight does that in relation to the instinctual center, the body center, uh, body center, not instinctual center, where they offer a lot of that body gut energy, that assertive energy. And for two, there is a rejection of um, like autonomy a rejection of uh, feeling like I can be my own independent self apart from other people. And it feels like I have to reject certain parts of myself and be giving and loving and offer heart energy. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I wanted to see or ask about how you guys experience that, if that resonates and uh, what mm-hmm. your perspective is about. Specifically with two, I feel like it's, it can be hard for twos to just chill with other people. That there ha- there sometimes has to be this dynamic for them to feel comfortable where they're offering something mm-hmm. or teaching or helping or giving and totally. uh, how that shows up in your life and what the, what that feels like. Uh, I'll speak to that briefly because it's totally something that I'm feeling in these days of quarantine. I can't, I'm not a sit still type. I'm not a, let's just hang out. I'm like, for what? Like hang out and do what? Like there, there's the next step is always right on my tongue and always what I'm preoccupied with but I mean I forget that I'm a rejection type I just don't see it very often in my life but when you highlight it of not being in touch with your body or not um not being able to differentiate myself from people like my whole identity is through people and how people use me I don't know what I am on my own I think I 
from a very young age, I was doing things like that, where it's like, I knew that my mom would love me better if I cleaned the house or did the laundry or did like, was a service to her. And I knew my dad would be happy and love me more if I was happy and praising him. And so I sort of, from a very early age, sort of figured out how to to get love from people by doing things mm-hmm. for them. And that just totally solidified in me. And you felt like it's, you didn't do those things. useless. Then. There's no point yeah. in hanging out with me if I can't offer you something. <laughs> yeah. Bad. That's intense or, right there. Or like if I fail to show up for somebody or if I oh, make boy. someone upset with me or try, try to demand that I have needs or create those boundaries. And I'm, it's terrifying to me that they may not contact me again. And then I know it's like, well, then fuck them. They shouldn't be in your life. But it's, it's a, it's a true terror for me to, mm-hmm. you know, accept that I have needs and then have that person be like, well, you didn't before. So go fuck yourself. I feel like so my if- interpretation on that is I don't ever like, I'm never in a situation where my needs are at the forefront, like ever. My needs are yours. Like I don't have yeah. my own needs because you're the one who's needing something. Like everything's kind of bounced off, and I don't mm-hmm. know what it would be like to really know my needs. I'm relying on you to know my needs because I sure don't. Yeah, yeah, they get really entangled, mm-hmm. and it can be very hard to discern where you are and where I am when it's mm-hmm. like that. And, I, and so- I feel like it toes this line of if. I'm only preoccupied on other people's needs. I'm inherently worthless because I'm only in service of other people. And it, it's that triggering, like if, if my, kind of what you mentioned earlier, Alex, if my mm-hmm. friend said, well, you didn't show up for me. Oh my God, that would rip my heart out. Like mm-hmm. I, that's my whole duty in life is to show up for you. How right. could you ever debase me like that? <laughs> like really like now you must die yeah now, you now you're die. done <laughs> yeah. so we've touched a little bit like we have not explicitly but some of the uh sort of connection between eight and two you know we've sort of hinted at it but part of the movement from two to four is what you guys do and who you are when you're not in relation to other people and so what are those things that you do that connect you with yourself or that like what what who are you when you're not in connection to anybody else? I think that I'm I'm lucky since from a young age, I, my dad threw me in dancing. And so I have this other sort of artistic endeavor that I get to, to do and be. So I see myself as a dancer or a performer or, you know, but just sitting alone, I'm not sure I spend most of my time thinking about people. Yep. Big same there. I mean, even yeah. all my hobbies, like when I've gone through trying to rack them up like I really don't have hobbies they're like scuba diving which you can't do by yourself or (laughs) um, rock climbing which you can't do by yourself like they're all things that are so interwoven with people that like I've learned guitar I'm not going to sit there and play it to myself like that's lame like they're all things that are (laughs) deeply like (laughs) tied to other people like I don't have like I like to learn about personality stuff and like self-discovery and that kind of critical thinking piece but it's not to really dig into my own brain it's so that I can use that to understand other people Uh, uh, like uh, 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 manipulate other people better not manipulate but to know them 
Through an inch fest. Okay. So like the uh, you know one of one of the ways I look at the enneagram is through the division of the centers, right? And so like two is an emotional type, but they use the body center to turn emotion into action, so helping and etc. But uh, types that are on the hexad, meaning the one four two eight five seven one symbol on the enneagram, uh, have a dynamic where um, you know, one of the centers is, you could say, repressed or they're out of touch with it. And for the two, it's the head center. You know, I think twos generally experience themselves as thinking a lot and, and, and um, engaging their minds a lot. But a lot of it is engaging, thinking about other people or thinking about things that are in relation to other people. Mm-hmm. And what is sort of avoided in the mental center from this point of view is spaciousness, emptiness, and just sort mm-hmm. of uh, solitude. And mm-hmm. even if that means I'm physically alone, but I'm not considering other people. Well, John, I remember you telling me this at some point, and I just had like the biggest eye roll of all time. And I remember saying to you, well, then what the fuck would I think about? And you were like, that's the point. You'd be free. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I was kind of like, but I like it. But, right. You know, I, I still feel a little defiant about it. Yeah, I I also do because I don't know what it is to have spaciousness in my mind. Like my spaciousness in my mind is I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I love it. Um, I was just gonna say I I see the I see like a balance would be better. The balance mm. of thinking of others, the balance of just experiencing yeah. yourself. I spend a lot of time thinking about how I feel and how does my body feel and like where do I hold myself and where so am I existing, healthy. you know, things like that. But what's not there is just being, you know, it's like my body, my thoughts, my feelings. Oh, me. How did they feel that one time when I said this thing? Oh my God, I should tell them I'm sorry, you know, whatever. Right. But there isn't a lot of just existence unless I'm sleeping or you know, watching TV, even TV. I'm like taking those. That's true. I was going to say like, I Oh, like, I know what yeah. this is like, or like, this isn't portrayed properly. They would do have you, been like this. Their character's inconsistent. Do you watch reality TV? I fucking hate it. You I watch Love is Blind. Love oh, it. I no, cannot Love is relate. Blind is too rough. No, I it's mindless and it's fake. Love. It's too fake. If it was I more love. genuine and like actually filmed, I could probably Ooh. deal I fucking no. love the Kardashians, the Red oh, no. Yes. Nope. See, this Big is no. where this is where a social blind person learns social skills. <laughs> oh my god, no. Do not learn your social skills too from late. the Kardashians. Too late. It's too late. It's way too late. Yeah. Oh, no. The degenerative society, that's where we learn our skills. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh no. They're the only ones who will have us. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna ask because you guys are both sexual second and i've been curious about um because i i understand tunis from the perspective of self-pres it's very literal like literally helping you um live and survive and all that and with social i've been picking up some things from laura and how she wants to be there for so many people to be a point of contact and help people progress Mm -hmm. but i want to get into uh get you guys' perspective on how your tunis shows up in the attraction sexual instinct mm-hmm. and how you know like have you noticed your own patterns with um your sexual instinct from the perspective of two uh with your partners or whatever totally yeah so how that shows up in my life and again it really depends on the person i make myself something that they crave like mm. it it's this 
um, I can figure out the exact way to do the right thing and put the right thought in his head to be so desired or to have like, especially one of my exes, I think was all social, social sexual, but it was to the point of, I could look at him and I, I kind of still do that. I can just look and it's, you say nothing, you do nothing. And it's that intimate connection of, okay, we're going to fuck now. Like it, it just as quickly to that, that I've crafted this response almost like I've no, I know the person so well, or at least it feels like I know them so well that I can read their body and know what that is. At, like it takes the social way and just wants to merge. Like, I feel like I'm whole if they can connect to me in how I'm trying to reach out to them. Cause everything I'm, I'm I do. I'm terrified and aroused. <laughs> is it like your main, is it like your main line tapping into their desire? Like their sexual desire? Yeah. And, and like you just I'm know not, what they want. Yeah. I feel like I don't have a sense of my needs like that. I really am need to do a lot more development of understanding my emotions and my kind of driving feelings because I don't feel them very much. But I I know if if I want to connect, there's this like different realm of needing to be deeply satiated in my heart. And so I kind of pierce through people. Like I set up the situation for them to be pierced by me. I'm not the <laughs> type to come at them. Like I'm not a overt force. I'm very, if you catch the nuance, you're sucked into it and we're going. I don't know the answer to the question, but I've always gotten what I want. And I've just known that. If how? I want somebody, how do you get, how do yeah, you get I feel them? you. I thought I was a witch. Like <laughs> it's just magic. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So is Honestly, it that you're sensing I'm into sorry. what they want? Do you know what they want and you're sort of, you're able to mirror that? Or or how are you getting what Perhaps, you Perhaps. I don't know. It's I not think, even conscious. I so feel you. Yeah. I feel like I'm like, oh, I, I want this person. So I'm going to, okay, I get them. That's what, that's what happens. And when I decide yeah. that I want them, I can have them. Or I if feel I decide like it's got to be a response because it's this exact same thing for me, even to the point of like, I have met and had a really intense interaction with every celebrity I could have wanted. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a very weird thing. Like, I've caught kisses with Noel Gallagher and Alex Turner. Like, those are big, Whoa. big people to, to do that mm-hmm. to. Which, mm-hmm. I, And again, it's not like I sat there thinking about it. I was like, ooh, right. this would be cool. And I send a signal and it's received. Like, yeah, I just it feels- never get denied. Yeah, it feels like an animal planety kind of like yeah. pheromone kind of yeah. thing that happens where it's like a cosmic alignment that's like, yep, I, yes. Well, one way to yes. frame this, one way to frame this is if, you know, the middle instinct is a comfort zone, right? So, and and, and we are often kind of cocky in the middle instinct. <laughs> And, and so, and, and so if two is, uh, and so if two is pride, right. So then you've got pride and cockiness in the sexual (laughs) instinct zone, right? So definitely you just, you just, you just know it's going to happen. I mean, it's like extreme 
pride, right? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. you're going to get yeah. it. And there's just, it's not even a question. It's, it's already Again, born. I don't take it as pride because I reject that fundamentally. I keep emphasizing it. <laughs> but, you know, based on what I've been hearing, I'm trying to map like what you guys have been saying about like your normal mode of trying to be a source of help for people and just you don't even have an awareness of your own needs. You're really tapped into what other people mm-hmm. want and what they need. So when I think about what you're saying with uh, what you guys are saying with the sexual drive and attraction, it seems like you have this confidence that you can get people because you're already tapped into to what mm-hmm. they desire. And you can, mm-hmm. you're just that. You can become that, like whatever that is, um, and merge with them, merge with what they want. And why needs. wouldn't they want that? <laughs> Why wouldn't they want a, that? I have a way to describe it because I've been able to kind of <laughs> been able to have enough experience to figure it out. Um, oh. It's a need. <laughs> like if I know that they need something, I am a hundred percent that, or at least ah. I have that in my arsenal of like, well, I know they need this, so I can use that when I need to. I Here's- do think, I do think there is a tool to that. Like, like, oh, I know that this person likes this kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. like, I can put that on or I can do that or I can use what they want as a tool to to get closer so that they can see me and then like mm-hmm. boom 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 like mm-hmm. and Is I'm that... hot you know whatever like it's now we're married now we're married oh <laughs> honestly yeah I am married <laughs> there's also this sort of like weird reality bending thing that I think each type has in its own way like what Laura's speaking to it's like I imagine that I could get this with these certain people that I'm desiring. And then it just happens. It's like, you know, you know, eights can do these like bizarre against reality kind of feats of will. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just like, like every type has its own yeah. weird thing. Magic. magic. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's really like a magic thing that every type has for in its own way. And it doesn't mm-hmm. really get talked about. Like threes can do just amazing. We always things. land on our feet. Always. We always land on our feet. We don't always. even fucking know how. We just do it. Totally. I'm getting, I'm getting so many emails from threes that are like motivating me on how to stay on top of the <laughs> pandemic and be even more successful because of the pandemic. Oh my God, same. And I'm like, y'all threes need to fucking take a nap. <laughs> it's that like this weird, so. weird supernatural power that like sort of actually is a real thing for each type. That mm-hmm. It's very yeah. fascinating. I don't know yeah. how to so put it. So perceptive. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> see that, that's the fourth superpower right there so see through you nancy what yeah i want to know if you had any questions or anything because you've been kind of silent <laughs> oh well put the pressure on me why don't you yes. um <laughs> i know that you'll adapt and overcome and overcome and be, and be magic <laughs> even Play better in your feet great <laughs> great well t- so to be honest this one has been kind of hard for me to listen to because <gasps> how oh, i'm so offended I- no <laughs> You 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 choose to hurt her. You oh, have dear. brought harm to her. Oh, no. Apologize, your presence, <laughs> just your no. existence. Apologize. You Didn't even have to, to say us. anything. I'm listening, Nancy. <laughs> say, see, they listen to me. Laura, Nancy, Nancy, I'm just making space for you. <laughs> oh yeah. God. Okay. Whatever. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have two in my life, and this is making me feel as though the relationship will never be all that good 
Oh my god, no. you're hurting uh -oh. me. Uh oh, oh my god. Oof, oof. I'm waiting for that. it to get worse somehow. I'm waiting for it to get worse. I know. But to explain to you two to make you feel better, um, it's like possibly my future mother in law. So hmm. it's just, they're always tough. Yeah. I also, okay, I think that there's a generational thing with twos though. There is, yeah. So yeah, kind I can of, agree with that. That's yeah. showing up here. It confuses me, like so specifically Southern women. Mm -hmm. very are very two all the mm -hmm. time and i'm like so are you a two or are you just being two right. a bitch <laughs> <laughs> Dove. <laughs> kind of so it just there was a lot coming up so i was just sort of sitting in it so and so what made you feel like you couldn't deepen your relationship i feel like she doesn't like me <laughs> ask her confront her and then she'll have to reject it and then she'll like you right i think but we talked about it nancy yeah. oh my god she nancy your kind of competition for the exactly. in relation in relation to the edible relationship mm -hmm. she has with your right. with boyfriend. son yeah aka my yeah. my boyfriend my partner yeah, yeah. yeah. but so, if you can get on her page and be something and show what you need to her she will gravitate towards you you mean like become an avatar yeah. for her? No, like be vulnerable. <clears throat> show that you don't have Need it all something. figured out, and that yeah. So that yeah, because Nancy, you your thing is tough, self-sufficient chick. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. You don't and need so her. She, so, so she it can't made see. Me instantly nauseous for you to say be vulnerable with her. It's like <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Even just fake it a little. Like that's true. Lame, I can but... do that. No, I can. <laughs> <laughs> She's good at that. I can be <laughs> manipulative too. <laughs> You underestimate these threes. It, Go ahead. I mean, selfishly, it can be really <laughs> rewarding to show even just a little bit of vulnerability and see how someone tries to nurture that. Like, especially in a mother-in-law, I think my mother-in-law also has two, two and nine. Mm. Um, oh, that's, that's a lot. I mean, she, she's amazing. She's like the ultimate female version of my husband. And man, she's <laughs> phenomenal. But it took me like offering something up and taking a like a calculated risk for us to really connect and like really kind of let the wall fall even though I don't need her like there's no inherent need for her in my life but it helped make a connection that I can get so much more from which I think ultimate I mean I don't know what motivates you specifically but if you can know your future mother-in-law on a deeper level you're going to know your future spouse on a deeper level too mm. i'm offering you advice you didn't ask for sorry no <laughs> this was kind of a form of a question but so i was asking for advice so you're good um that's an interesting point i have always felt like there's like something i'm going to have to do and i'm like i could either make it really bad and just like never talk to her again I mean, or she'd take it upon herself to make it really shitty to kind of rally you to do something so she can make something of the relationship. I feel like yeah. that'd be worse. You should have. But I think it's always best to just like, if you see it for what it is, you know, that, you know, she has different motivations for acting the way that she is. And it's probably tied into this weird, sexy son thing that's going on. <laughs> so if you see it for what it is, you might as well save all of the, you're not going to prove anything. You're not going to change will. her. There's but no, I mean, she can't sit with the space of there being nothing there. She's got to no, I'm not serve saying something. That. I'm, oh, okay. I'm just saying that the, the idea that, that she can do anything in, with incredible meaning that will change the situation, that's false. 
but you can go about it one of two ways. You can, you know, never speak to her again, and then that will cause problems in your relationship. Or you can, you know, use the empathetic skills that you have in order to sort of, you know, give her what she wants a little bit and mold it around and sort of build this barrier for all of you so that mm-hmm. Christmas is and whatever bearable. Mm. Okay. See, I think I need more twos in my life. Because <laughs> that's the advice I needed. Because everyone else is like, well, fuck her. And then it's just, wait, <laughs> well, and that's also, not helpful. And also fuck her, you know. Well, but yeah. at the same time, like as fun as it would be to walk in the house and be like, fuck you. Like there's there's <laughs> a practicality useful. to doing that. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, see, see, I need this, like, I need someone else on my level of manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> These are the relationship relational for, experts. But for I mean, the greater it, it, good. It's for the greater good. It, it yeah. See, yeah. The, the manipulation for the greater good. I need more of that because I'm really good at manipulating mm-hmm. for in the other direction. I'm like, you, you know, want to hate me? I'm gonna. But that's gonna fun too. <laughs> yeah. See, you're good at, as David said, being like bad bitch furiosa, like doing your own thing, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need the other soft side, the the three wing two to come in. Yeah, I with my mom, I I have a line to two, and and I've learned over the years that she just she's always like sniffing around for what she can help with, and and it's kind of her way of uh, getting involved, and you know, so I have to be careful. Like, you can't tell her about this Too situation much. in your life mm-hmm. because she's mm-hmm. gonna want to help you with it, and her help could be a mess but it's just being strategic <laughs> about like certain things that you want to let her mm-hmm. know because she's going to want to help uh, and so That's yeah so it's like this is how she relates to people is mm-hmm. through helping you so a two that you don't offer any opportunities where oh. they feel like they can help you is a two that doesn't feel like they have any place in your life yeah mm-hmm. oh well that makes a lot of sense yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because I always feel like, like anything. So it's it's weird because I feel like there's this like large gap between us where like she is very distanced. But then if there's anything I need, she just jumps to it, and I'm like, yep. but, 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 you don't even like me. Why are you doing this? It's the only way she can go. relate to you. That's it. Yeah, right she there. probably she can't place herself oh. with you. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, so this is I, this is this is very helpful for me. So I was just trying to take in as much tuness as I could. See, <laughs> helping me out forever. Something always. good happened. That's amazing. But we got to wrap up. This is enough. Yeah, we do. All right. An hour and forty-five enough. minutes. Oh we yeah, can, the abrupt social last. Oh, we can. And we can we're done. Thank <laughs> you for coming to the show. We're glad that we think you all are wonderful. We give you Thank flowers that. and hearts. Great. And you helped everybody so much. Guys, we love awesome. you guys. My heart is love full. You too. We don't fucking believe you anyway. <laughs> but I love it's you because all the they same. aren't very good at manipulating. I have more hope yeah. in the world that things will be great and turn out oh. well for everyone. Even Do though you? twenty three thousand people are dying, I believe that it's going to be great. This it's is for a greater cleanse. purpose. It's for the best. <laughs> it's oh for God. the best. Stop. <laughs> I see Crash. flowers. Okay, I see sunlight. Gonna be Laura a- and Alex, thank you for coming yeah, and being you. on the pod and sharing us. with us. Very it was very interesting thank and illuminating. You. And for listeners, uh, you know, if you like our stupid podcast, uh, please rate it and review it on like Apple or whatever, the iPod app. Anywhere you can find your podcast. Anywhere you can find it, but rate us or whatever so that uh, we get bumped up a little bit because when you search Enneagram, like it's it's 
way behind all these shitty Christian Enneagram yes. podcasts. Yeah. Thank you. Ew. Give us some love, please. <laughs>